All right, everybody, we are back at it again. I am here with someone heralded as the next David Crowder, often the next Phil Wickham. No, he's his one and only Jason Ashdown joining me on the pod today. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Jason, thanks for being here, man. Welcome to the Text Lab. This is where we do a deep dive into the text to help you prep for life group and really just for life this week. Um, our goal is to help you make disciples who make disciples. So whether you're leading a group, whether you're just trying to do some deep diving on your own, uh, we're glad that you're joining us on the pod, and we hope this helps you have meaningful conversations about what God has said to us in his word. This week is John 9, 35 through 41, so let's get into it. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Wow. Six verses, Jason. You know, when Jesse comes, we usually give him 50 verses. Yeah. You know what? When you're the old man in the room, you just, you take, <laughs> you, you give him a lot of patience yeah. and we know he can't remember a lot. So six mm. verses is probably plenty. You want us to start calling you old man in the room? Yeah. If you would, that'd be great. Okay. Um, hey, let's start with just a couple of the exegetical tools to remember here in the book of John. One is just repetition. You see the same thing played out over and over and over again. And John is making important points through the repetition. And so um, as you're studying the text, pay attention to the repetition. I think another thing as you're studying the book of John is just these key terms that come up. Um, Son of man is going to come up in this one. We've seen the I am statements of Jesus. Those are really intentional places where John is trying to make very specific, important points in the text. So pay attention when you see a key term come up. And then lastly, just remember like key imagery that's in the text of John. Um, All of John is built on this imagery connected back to the Old Testament. Um, that that provides this richness to the text based on this imagery that plays off of all these things from the Old Testament text. And so just pay attention a lot to the imagery. I think those are just kind of some exegetical tools as we jump into John 9 again to keep paying attention to as you study the text. So let's start a little bit with their town and context. Jason, where are we picking this verse up? Yeah, we have to remember that this is right at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, right? So we've just seen water be a big deal, Mm. and we've just seen light be a big deal. So remember, these are these key imageries from... Yep. the Old Testament that we want to pay attention mm. to. Mm. Um, often we see in the Gospels that Jesus will do a miracle yep. and then there's some controversy. Yeah. So yep. here we have some, right? Totally. Jesus was not, you know, just uh, only peaceful, although he brings peace. He was definitely stirring things up. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, hey, uh, you were, you may have heard it said yeah. this way. Now here, now I'm on yep. the scene. Check yep. this out, right? And this yep. is what John wants us to see. Mm. Who is Jesus? Mm. Yep. What are we going to do with this Jesus yep. thing? That's right? great. Yeah. That's great. Um, so right now he's healed this blind man, but now there's this investigation, right? Yeah. Last week, this yep. crazy, like if you watched Law and Order, right? right? Like, right. what's happening now? You yeah. know what I mean? Cut yep. to, all right, parents, cut to, Pharisees, yeah. cut yeah. to, blind man, totally. all this stuff, right? Totally. So let's not forget, this is kind of the exclamation point to the yeah. end of that whole story. Yes, absolutely. So we're just picking this up after there's just been this investigation about who is Jesus and what has he done, this healing. Um, the blind man is now seeing, they're trying to figure out how this is possible, who does this uh, what does this mean about who Jesus is? And the last thing that happens in that Law and Order episode is that the man gets kicked 
out of the synagogue. And so let's just unpack that a little bit. Um, The synagogue, what did that, what would that have meant to be kicked out of the synagogue? The synagogue was the place of Jewish worship. And it was also the place where God's presence dwelled. Uh, So to be thrown out of the synagogue, was it? just like a no big deal thing. It didn't just mean that you didn't get to kind of sit around and drink coffee with people on Saturdays. <laughs> it meant that basically you were excluded from Jewish worship, excluded from the presence of God, which would have meant you were excluded from salvation in God. Wow. Basically they were saying you're no longer Jewish anymore to this so guy. Heavy. Yeah. They're yeah. Ex- excommunicating him from Jewish worship and really from a Jewish identity. Um, one kind of thing to think about in, in the context of their town is think about the Jewish people being under Roman rule. That's right. Um, basically, the Romans were occupying Jerusalem, and they're living under this uh, Roman rule, which would have said everyone needed to worship the emperor. Except they had given the Jews in the first century basically an exemption for that. But now— this guy would have no longer qualified for this mm. exemption. And so now basically he's facing either he has to say that he worships Caesar and worship the emperor, or he would have faced the death penalty That's crazy. for the cost of refusing to do that. So yeah, there's just major implications that as we casually read the text, we might miss. And so just really think about what this guy would have been going through. That's right. Yeah. And, and so he gets thrown out of the temple and now we see Jesus approach him. Um, and, and there's some themes here of being sent that we picked up from last week where Jesus had healed him and had told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which meant sent. And so the God, the man, Jesus, the God man who's sent from God heals him, tells him to go wash in the pool. That means sent. And now he's literally being sent out I love it. from the synagogue into the world now on mission for Christ. And, but Jesus doesn't leave him hanging there. He comes and he approaches him and walks with him. Yeah, this is incredible, right? We get to see the kindness of Jesus on mm. display here, right? He doesn't just heal him and bail. He, yeah. he, he gets healed, but then the guy gets excommunicated. Mm. Jesus understands what this means, yeah. right? So yeah. now he's going to approach the man and say, mm. hey, let me help you understand what's going on here. Yeah. Right? I th- and I think that's a great place to pause and just if you're having your discussion with your life group this week just ask that question like what does that tell us about Christ yeah, so the good. way that he walks alongside this man and maybe even when was a moment that Christ has done something similar with you um, in your spiritual journey so yeah. yeah, that's so good, right? We get to see this the love of Jesus alongside mm. of the healing. This mm-hmm. is who our Savior is, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and we get to see now John kind of answering this primary question mm. of the whole gospel. He's been asking over and over again, who is Jesus? Yeah. Who is Jesus? And we get to see the answer. Um, he is kind. And then he drops us with this one nugget that Dave, take us away. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Why right. is that a big deal? Totally. So John's constantly asking this question, who is Jesus? And then answering the question for us. And so Jesus asked the blind man, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the son of, the term Son of Man has a lot of meaning in this text. It goes back to Daniel 7. Um, is the p- first place where it's kind of used. And the Son of Man would have been a term that would have emphasized both the humanity of Christ, but also his divinity. So it's emphasizing his humanity because it's not saying Son of God, it's saying Son of Man. It's telling us something that about Jesus being born of flesh of the earth, that he was fully human. Yeah, so um, good. He wasn't just kind of this angelic being, walking around, yeah, right, heavenly being or whatever. Seriously, yeah, didn't no, have a flesh halo and blood. around his yeah. head. Yeah, he was fully man, son of man. But in the book of Daniel, the son of man comes on clouds from heaven and the son of man is given all authority, all glory, all power. And the son of man 
is exalted. So there's just this double meaning here, emphasizing the humanity of Christ and emphasizing the divinity of Christ, the fact that Jesus is God. Now, this is a really big deal. This is a really big deal for us not to miss because think about John writing this to people 70 Hmm. years after the life of Christ, 70, 80 years later, and they're wrestling with this question, who is Jesus? Was he just a prophet? Was he just a good teacher? Was he actually God? And so when Jesus uses this term about himself, he's saying something about himself, that he is man and he is God. And then look at what happens next in the text. The man, Jesus says, I'm the son of man, the one you're speaking to. And it says that the man believed and he worshiped. And so it's saying I believed, which is repetition, key terms, something that John is using over and over and over again in the book of John. But then this is someone who demonstrates what it means to believe. It means that he worshiped. Yeah, so good. Fully believes who Jesus was and responded um, with all of his life following him and worshiping Jesus truly as the son of God, truly as God, as a man who is both fully human, but Jesus who is fully God also. And this is a big proof in this text for the divinity of Christ. Yeah. Still to this day, the who is the person of Jesus is probably the most central theologically argued term in all of really religious history of who is the person of Jesus. And there's a lot of groups and a lot of um, um, systems of religion and belief that say that Jesus was just a man. Right. right. You think of Jehovah's right. Witnesses. Yes. Um, you think of like the Jesus seminar or a lot of just even kind of secular teaching that wants to accept Jesus. They like Jesus. Yeah, they like what he has to they say. They like if, it, if he's kind of a Gandhi figure. Right. If he's just um, a man. And here Jesus is saying, no, I'm not just a man because he says he's the son of man and he receives worship, Worship. something that Gandhi would never do, something that just a good moral teacher (laughs) would never do. Or an idol could never do, right? Mm, Yeah, yeah, totally. And so he says, rightfully, this is good for this man to worship me. And so we see the blind man get it, which is totally gets it. Great news. Yeah, it is great news. And then we get to verse 39 and this is kind of like our main point, like big Mm. idea, right? Jesus says, Hey, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who may see become blind, Mm. right? The the fact of the matter is some will see physically, but not see spiritually. Mm. Mm. And then some will not see physically, but totally see spiritually. Man, what a great point, right? We see Jesus, and even as you continue to read in verse 40, the Pharisees are wrestling, what does he mean by this? Mm. Jesus is kind of drawing, right, for judgment. He's drawing this line in the sand, saying, look, are you going to be the disciples of Moses and of Abraham? Or now that I'm on the scene, check me out water, check me out light, Mm. or like, check me out blindness, like, are you going to be a disciple of Jesus? Yep. Yep. And and I think in our world today, a lot of people try to have it both ways. They yeah. want to be a disciple of Moses and a disciple of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, they want to kind of hold both of those together to say like, well, I like Jesus, but I also like whatever else I'm into and whatever else mm. is my God. And I think Jesus, like you said, the judgment is really just this clearly drawn line yeah. that says – are you going to be my disciple or another disciple? And John kind of opens up this question there for the Pharisees that he doesn't answer, but the answer is pretty clear. Absolutely. Um, And and their guilt remains because they see, but they are not believing. Yeah. And that they are blind. They have physical sight, but they are still spiritually spiritually blind. blind. There's a choice that Jesus, that Jesus says, everyone must um, choose of who are you a disciple of? I think that's a great question to talk about in your group of who are you a disciple of? Um, and where in the world do we see people trying to have that both ways and kind of what does Jesus say to us about that? Yeah, right. Like what has influence over you? Mm. What are you giving power to that may or may not be Jesus, right? You know, as we look at application for us in this passage and in our groups this Mm. week, 
who who's on the seat of the throne, yeah. right? I mean, it's a question that we ask right. every Sunday because we have to aver- right. ask it every day. Yeah, it's a know? question Jesus asks <laughs> all the time. Absolutely, exactly. So yeah. when we start thinking about following Jesus and Jesus is Lord and not Caesar is Lord, not yeah. Roman is Lord, you know, yeah. like what does that mean for us yeah. today? Yeah. Obviously, I think most of us listening to podcasts would go, yes, Jesus is mm. Lord. And some of the things are, totally. you know, maybe this week, ask God to reveal some of those things yep. to you. Yep. Um, yep. What are those things that I'm giving power to that I am worshiping that I may not yep. realize? I think that's so good, Jason, because I think oftentimes the things that are blinding me to Jesus are those things that I hold on the seat of my throne. Absolutely. So it's like the Lordship of Christ is very much connected to the blindness here. Absolutely. The Pharisees and really their main holdup was they weren't ready to lay down the religious system. They weren't really ready to lay down their places of power Absolutely. and influence. They wanted Jesus to come in and fit into those. Yeah. And so that was, what the seat of, that was what was on the seat of their heart. And that's what ultimately blinded them to Christ right. um, that kept them from right. seeing and kept them from saying Jesus is Lord. Right. And I think, gosh, in my own heart, there are just so many of those things. They're the things that sit on the throne of my heart, whether that's my own success, whether that's money, whether that's ambition, whether that's my own comfort and just my desire to be comfortable all the time. And, um, yeah, for me, it's people's approval and do they like me and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So as we begin to say, Jesus is Lord, I'm going to give you all that and know God, you're in control of all this. I can't control that. Yeah. And I find those are the things that can keep me blinded from truly seeing Jesus from truly saying, okay, Jesus, you are Lord. And then I want to believe and worship and follow you. Yeah daily to see where you are at work, to see how you are on the move, yeah. to live and walk in your light. And there's something beautiful about how Jesus just kind of shows up in this guy's story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It spits on some mud, yeah. makes him see. And everybody's like, what happened? He's like, yeah. I don't know. I just know that I was blind and now I can see. Yeah. You know, so as we think about making Jesus Lord in our story, yeah. maybe a question this week is like, hey, where are those moments that you're creating space for Jesus mm-hmm. to, to speak to you about mm-hmm. that? You know, we live in a culture that is vying for our attention, that everything is fast and yep. now. And so if we're trying to say, yes, Jesus, you are Lord, help me see yeah. like, okay, literally, what are you doing for that? Mm-hmm. Where do you take it's the good. time to pause? Where are you taking the time to go on a walk, yep. to really yep. pursue Jesus, speak to me. What are the things that are on the throne of my heart? Because again, it's easy to say that on Sunday, right? And come back every Sunday. But as we're living life together, as we're on mission, we're in groups. I just be my exhortation to you guys to pursue those quiet times, pursue those moments. Yep. Um, that's when Jesus is going to speak. I mean, not always, but most of the time. Right. (laughs) And those are the time and moments where you're saying no to something else, truly to say, okay, Jesus, like, here, I want to be fully giving you my attention, fully right. giving you my heart, fully giving you space to speak because I'm listening. Yes. Um, which can be a reflection of, okay, yeah, what is I don't truly wanna, on my throat of my heart? I don't want to be blind. Yeah. Right? Yep. So if we say, God, I want to see, show me, mm. then like, let's take some literal action yeah. to making, just being available. Yeah. yeah. You know? So good. Yeah. So good. Hey, Jason. Well, thanks for being here yeah, on the pod man. today. Happy Thank to you be. as a listener for spending your time with us. Our promise to you is that we're always going to do our best to make this time valuable for you, the leader. If this has helped you in any way, let us know. And whether you're at the gym, you're mowing the lawn, you're driving, you're playing pickleball, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know that you are one who is sent into your Pray Watch community this week, whether that's your group, your family, your neighbors, someone at work, your school, wherever God invites you, go and be the living proof of our loving God. We love you guys. We'll catch you next time on the Text Lab.